everybody. Welcome back to the Macaw Podcast Podcast Universe. Universe. This is the podcast where we take a film franchise, we go through every single entry within it, and we decide definitively what is good and what is bad. And we are the authorities on this issue, Micah Macaw and Jordan Macaw. And we have gone through a couple of series, and we are now on to one of Jordan's favorite series, Harry Potter. And today it's Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That's right, folks. And if you remember from last episode, I was kind of late to the Harry Potter show. But I think when we were finishing up this movie, I think I get it now. I think caught the bug. I think I am in because Chamber of Secrets rules, rules, rules. It's going to be very tough for me to like one of the Harry Potter movies more than this one, I think. This one is a total banger. Mm -hmm. It is just like... It takes everything from the first movie, builds upon it. Uh, the story's really fun, and the effects are really cool. And even even the CGI looks pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. But especially like the practical effects they use are incredible. Yeah, and the sets still. The sets still, and and the actors that they add, um, like Kenneth Branagh, mm-hmm. and then the girl who does the has the the um, what are those called? Tony Myrtle. No, 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 the the things that they pull out of the ground that scream. Oh, a mandrake? Yeah, yeah, the lady, the teacher who runs that class, she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one kid who it takes pictures is like kind of whatever Colin to me. but Creevy or something but, um, like that, Cleary, Creevy. And I just realized why he's in the the movie. Tell me. I just, because I was talking about this this morning, that this is kind of like a little bit of a noir mystery story. Yeah. And he's like the reporter that's in those movies yeah. and those types of stories. That's kind of cool. Also, Chamber of Secrets just got even better. Important that he's he was always taking pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Because that does come back, right? Well, yeah, because that's why he didn't die. That's why he was only petrified. Right. Because he but, saw the basilisk through the camera, not not with his eyeball. That's true. But it is also like, it's probably that archetype because that kind of just felt natural when she was writing like a mystery yeah. story. Yeah. Um, so we're on number two. It is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. As with the first movie, it's directed by Chris Columbus. As with all of the Harry Potter movies, it is the screenplay by Steve Cloves. And, uh, the music is by John Williams again. And then the cinematography is by Roger Pratt, who has had a very storied career. He did not do the first Harry Potter movie, but he will do Goblet of Fire. Okay. And he did the movie Chocolat with Johnny Depp and okay. whoever else. Um, he did 12 Monkeys. How old is this guy? He's he's pretty old, yeah. And he did... Oh, when you said 12 Monkeys, I thought of 12 Angry Men. Oh, no, no, no. 12 Monkeys is still an old older yeah. movie, but... Um, but he did this one, which I thought was pretty cool. He did Tim Burton's Batman, the oh. very first one. He did the cinematography, oh. so very good guy. Um, very good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, production by Warner Brothers, Heyday Pictures, and 1492 Pictures, just as with the first one. Yeah. Distributed by Warner Brothers. Comes out November 15th, 2002, a year after the first movie comes yep. out. And it is it has a budget of $100 million. Domestic, less than the first one? Was that less Wasn't than the, the first, first one? Wasn't the first one like 120? Um, I'll double check that. Um, let me see. Let's go. I mean, are the... It was definitely at least a hundred thousand. I don't see how it couldn't be. But uh, 
Right, not yeah, one hundred thirty million. And this one was less. This one was less, and wow. it looks like it's more. Yeah, um, that's crazy. But okay. usually, the, I feel like movies just get more expensive every year just because of like, the economy too. Yeah. Oh anyway. man, in this economy, making a sequel. Whew. Yeah. Uh, and so domestically, the movie makes two hundred sixty-two million, four hundred fifty thousand, one hundred thirty-six dollars, and then worldwide makes. Again, this is cr- these are huge numbers now, but back then these numbers are astronomical. And I want to point out to the listener that this is the same year that the two towers came out and Attack of the Clones, Star Wars. So we have three like of some of the biggest movies ever made. I believe two towers topped the box office this year and beat Harry Potter, but Harry Potter was number two, I believe, of the of the box office. Star Wars didn't even beat it. I don't think so, because Attack of the Clones, as we all know, say it with me, is the worst Star Wars movie by a mile. Uh, and so worldwide, this movie makes $879,465,594. Wow, good work. It's crazy. Yeah. What a um, profit. Yeah. It is a profit. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I was thinking of E.T. instead of uh, F.I.T. Profit. Huh? You said, what, a prophet? And I was thinking of Harry Potter as a prophet. Oh, a prophet. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's produced by David Heyman. And the production of this movie begins 11-19-2001, three days after the Philosopher's Stones hit, hits theaters. How many days? Three days. Okay. So I guess that would be the Monday after the Friday in which Philosopher's Stone was released. Okay. Um. They hired a linguist named Francis Nolan to make parcel tongue. Cool. Um, the so here's here's something that kind of stinks. For some reason, with this movie and the previous movie, I had a hard time finding a lot of information out about them. Okay. Um, a lot of it, it looks like from scouring through YouTube and googling stuff. I think a lot of, especially the special effects, are explained in future movies. Okay. Which stinks because I think this movie does a really impressive job with special effects, but I could not find a lot of it, so I had to rely on just looking at interviews and stuff like that. And even, you know, listener, a lot of times I go to Wikipedia and I'll go through the production, and then if there's something interesting, I'll go to the article it's taken from and do more research. This The production for this movie was pretty small, which was a bummer because I, I feel like there's probably a ton of cool stories in there. But yeah. I did my best. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they had like a pre-approved budget and then they just only spent that much on it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Or or maybe the cuz the since the studio okayed it before the other movie even came out, they're just like stick to this. Yeah, maybe. Um so the teaser trailer for this movie was attached to the Scooby-Doo movie, the first Scooby-Doo movie. Right on. I thought that was kind of funny. Um and then there was a orange ball that that was walking around the room that was Dobby. They had, okay. a, you know, um, on a stick. Yeah, uh, something like that. I couldn't find pictures of it, so I'm not sure. I just heard at Chris least, Columbus and Harry Potter that. talking about it. And Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's real. Um, the one thing I did want to point out, though. So in this year, you have uh, Dobby, and you have um, Gollum and Smeagol, mm-hmm. which we'll get into maybe more later. Some comparisons there. But what I wanted to point out Wait, is... Wait, movie came out first? Um, I th- I'm not sure. Okay. But um, Attack of the Clones is a movie that infamously has a million special effects in it. Yeah. 
And in that movie, if you're watching it, you see that the actors kind of don't know what to do because yeah. this is this is this turning point. Th- these like five years is when all of these special effects start happening and we start getting like mocap performances and stuff like that. And so you're watching Attack of the Clones and when you watch it now, well, wait, wait what do you have? Did you find this something? This movie came out a month before. One month before. So, so Dobby beat Gollum. Dobby beat Gollum. Um, Dobby beat Gollum. <laughs> but um, I, I just think if you watch Attack of the Clones and this movie, the level of acting, especially from Daniel Radcliffe, dealing with a fully uh, animated character that is not in the room with him, is really impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. If you look, especially that scene where he's in the room with him, when you first meet Dobby at the beginning of the movie, he's... He's acting great. Mm -hmm. And if you look at like Christian Haydenson or um, even like Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman, and I think this is more on George Lucas's fault and just the fact that there's new technology that Mm -hmm. people don't understand yet, um, they don't really know what they're doing in Attack of the Clones. And a lot of times you can tell that the actor's like, okay, like there's this behind the scenes footage where Natalie Portman is in this totally blue room and this is, you know, again, before, like, blue rooms were a thing. And um, George Lucas is just like, okay, jump over this, this like, pole. And then he's like, duck now. And she's like, she literally turns to him and she goes, what am I doing? And he's like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. Y- you know, it's no something like that. Way. Or, or not, we'll figure it out. But she literally is like, I don't know what to do. Because he's not directing her well. Yeah. And they're figuring out the technology. I don't want to bash on George Lucas. Um, but he can't even tell her like motivation of the scene. It didn't seem like it. Um, but it's it's some kind of telling footage I'm curious, to watch, like what Chris Columbus did or Peter Jackson did, and they're directing to make it good. Because I know that they, like we're talking about motion capture, they're both, all three of them are using very new things. Mm-hmm. So how did how did how was their how did their direction work? That's what I want to know. Well, I think with two towers. You look at it and you go, there was an actor on set that they painted out. So there's that. And so, um, you know, Elijah Wood and um, what is the Sam's act? It's Sean Astin, Astin are looking at Andy Serkis and they're all three of them are acting. Yeah. So they can like interact with a real person. In this movie, I would love to know what Chris Columbus did because you it's have a child. a child looking at an orange ball emoting with this orange ball. And it, I didn't hear them mention anything about like an onset actor. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if someone knows, I would love to find out or if there's like a featurette somewhere that I couldn't find. Because mm-hmm. um, I just thought, I think it's a really impressive that Daniel Radcliffe pulled that off. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I wanted to point that out. Yeah. Um. The slugs that... Mm-hmm. Um, Ron Pukes. Ron Pukes were fake slugs that they had different flavorings on them. Yeah. Like lemon or chocolate or mint. And so he but he would have to hold them in his mouth for each take and spit them out. Uh-huh. So yeah, so Ooh. those are those are real. What's gross is like slugs. they're so slimy. What if they slid down his throat? I think they're probably too big. I mean, they were pretty but big. But what if? Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. But I mean, that's kind of cool cuz I looked at that scene when we watched it and I was like, if they did CG on this, I have no idea how they pulled it off cuz it looks so real. Yeah. They didn't. They yeah. had fake food, yeah. which is cool. Um, and then I I I kind of wanted to start a little tradition for Harry Potter and quote um Roger Ebert. 
Okay. So he, like the previous movie, gave this four stars. And he basically, in his review, is like, Philosopher Stone, Stone like set up the bowling ball pins, the bowling ball pins, set up the pins, and then this movie just knocks it down. And he was just like, I love this movie, going off about mm-hmm. it. And then he said this at the very end. He goes, while I am usually in despair when a movie abandons, it, abandons its plot for a third act given over entirely to action, I have no problem with the way Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets ends because it has been pointing toward this ending, hinting about it, preparing us for it all the way through. What a glorious movie. And that's the notes that I have for this movie. All righty. Well, our first actor in this movie who plays Dobby is Toby Jones, who is in Captain America. He plays Dr. Arnim Zola. What? And then... Wait, can you show me a picture? That guy. That guy is Dobby? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So he's in so much stuff. He's in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Hunger Games. Um, Let's see. Christopher Robbins. Is he in Sherlock? Jurassic World. Probably. (laughs) Um... I mean, he—it's just he's an actor that's in so much, but I—I I don't think, I don't think anyone knows his name. Yeah, you know, um, and it's interesting because I'm seeing just a lot of acting. Yeah, and for this he did a voice. Yeah, that's cool, and he did a really he, good job. He was in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Oh, I don't okay. think he was yeah. in the first Jurassic I World. I should click on it. Um, and then, sorry, let me find specifically. And then we have Gildor, Gilderoy Lockhart, who is played by Kenneth Branagh, who yeah. we have actually. We've actually covered in this podcast. We have Thank in goodness. our Thor episode. He directed Thor. Yes. He is also in. Uh, he also directed and starred in Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, very. He's bad. also Sir Kenneth Branagh, I believe. I he believe is, he's yeah. been knighted by the Queen. Um, but she knight, she actually knighted Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, is what yeah. I heard. Um, so as I mean, he is such a theater dude. Yeah. Uh, more than anything, I would say, even though he's directed film, like he is a film guy too. But I mean, I don't need to look up if he's done stage acting. You know. <laughs> but he is also in on the screen Henry V, Hamlet, mm. Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah. He's a Shakespeare bud. Um, he's a Shakespeare bud. <laughs> and like, I mean, he he's also just, he's a very prolific actor. Mm-hmm. Very, very good all the time. I think he is um very well casted and very funny cast he is choice. Fantastic in this movie, but funny cast choice is what I'm saying. Yeah, because he like I I appreciate this, and I wonder what it would be like. I wonder who they would cast today for this character sure. because he's supposed to be a very suave, handsome guy uh-huh. that like even the girls at school are like crooning over. Oh. Yeah, and so. It's just funny because I'm like I don't find him. I mean, I guess like maybe he's classically handsome. Yeah. But I, don't, I like I think even as a kid it was like he looks kind of funny. Yeah. To me, but I think that he was so perfectly casted because of that because he's like the theater. Yeah, I think he, handsome, he has a lot of bravado big personality. Yeah, bravado is a lot of it. Charisma. He has so much charisma. So I think he was like the he's just an obvious cast choice for that character. Yeah. Um, but who else was in this movie that? Well, um, oh, Moaning Myrtle. We should just say what Moaning Myrtle has done recently in 2019. Can't find her though. Um, Shirley Henderson. Shirley Henderson. She is also Babu Frick in Star Wars Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. She's Babu Frick, who is gonna be running on the ballot with Baby Yoda as president next year, and I'm voting for him. Babu Frick and uh, Yoda and Frick uh, 2020. 
She's also in a lot of other movies. It looks like a lot of British stuff. Okay. Um, not that that's not worth mentioning. Just a lot of British stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, You're still a little sore about that whole revolution, aren't you? That's why you don't like to talk about the British stuff. Totally. Totally. Tootly. Um, tootly oodly. Okay. Um, and then the guy who plays Tom Riddle is Christian Coulson, who I've never seen in anything else but this I movie. He all his profile picture also looks very different. Okay. Than the movie. Um, looks like he is on a lot of oh he's he's in the show Nashville. Oi oi oi. Um and a lot of TV shows and a lot of British stuff. Okay. It seems like I'm doing a bad job, but sometimes it's just no, not no. Worth you're good. You're just it. you're just cracking me up with all um, your oil. Oh, this is and important. Uh, Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, is played by Robert Hardy. Um, oh, he's the one who comes into Hagrid's when they have yeah. the invisibility. And he's in several on. of these movies because his char- he is the Minister of Magic for a while until yeah. um, the guy's name starts with an S. I can't remember what it was like Scramander or something. Okay. Um, until he becomes the Minister of Magic. Um, when is Umbridge in the series? five. Oh, I can't wait to get my umbrage on. She's my favorite character. Um, but yeah, so he he's in quite a few things. Looks like he played Winston Churchill in a movie. Oh wow. Um He's Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's Gary Oldman. <laughs> Robert Hardy. Good for him, right? Um <laughs> the greatest acting job of all. He's and two then different actors. <laughs> Julian Glover plays Aragog, who apparently is in Indiana Jones. Let's see which one. <gasps> and The Last Crusade. Wait, is that the Mandrake? Walter girl? Donovan. No, Julian Glover, Aragog, the spider. Oh. Is he the bad guy? That looks like the bad guy of Indiana oh. Jones. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. That's totally him, right? Huh. I don't recognize this guy. Oh, maybe not. He just kind of looks like him. Can I see it? Yeah, sorry. You'll have to get out of the... Here, I'm trying to set it up for you. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You looking up a picture of him as Indiana Jones? <laughs> no i'm sorry i was i think it's this other guy i don't think it's him i mean i always forget that gimli's an indiana jones yeah cool man i remember being at disneyland and going on the indiana jones ride and they have that little movie playing oh yeah as you're in line and my dad's like guys that's gimli and i remember just being like oh <gasps> my gosh because i'd seen the movies already yeah. but i was just like i can't believe it what was that guy's name the actor i don't know oh dang it okay that's I'm okay. not scrolling back. That's okay. Um, and then, I mean, there are obviously other kids that that play some parts in this movie that we have not. I have not gone over, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like I'm not going to go over them until they actually have something to do. In yeah, the that's story. fine. That's fine. Um, because there's there's just so much. But um, oh, I didn't. Jason Isaacs. Oh, duh. Lucius Malfoy. Come on. Oh yeah, you got to hit him. Um, up. He is, oh my gosh, that's right. He plays cat, no. He's in Peter Pan, the live action movie, but like the one with the cute kid. To me and Veronica. The cute kid. It's just an older movie. Okay. I don't um, think I know what you're talking about. He is also in The Patriot. He is also in. See, he's eternally etched the in Dark my Crystal. mind. As the, pa- he's in The Dark Crystal? The TV show. Oh, the t- oh. Cool. oh, yeah. I think we heard his voice when we watched that I think episode. we did. Um, I, but to me, he is just that guy from uh, the y- 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 uh, from the Patriot because he's such a bad guy in that. Do you remember him in that? Wait, say that again. Uh, he's the bad guy in the Patriot. Well, yeah, I and know. he's just like yeah. so bad that he's just like eternally etched in my mind as that guy. He plays a good bad guy. Yeah, well, he's also in Star Trek, not the movie, like like William Shatner. Oh, interesting. Time. 
Well, but um, everybody's a bad guy. I wanted to tell you that um, Chris Columbus was talking about the casting of Jason Isaacs, and he said um, a funny thing where he was like, he's like, it was great working with Jason Isaacs, and uh, the camera just like loves to be evil with him or he said something like that it's oh, like it's like he lo- like it just he looks evil on screen yeah that's interesting i agree with that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's like with all the other actors i'm talking about he's just in a lot of uh a lot of british stuff several tv shows i'd say he's much more mainstream than most of the other people i've covered yeah um great guy love him surprised that he hasn't been in a marvel he seems like a uh, shoe in for looks a like bad he's guy. Played, oh, I guess this isn't Marvel, but looks like in like some kid Superman version, he played Lex Luthor. Oh, okay. Of a like a cartoon or something. That makes a lot of sense. It looks like he does actually a lot of voice acting as well. As oh, acting. cool. He's got a great voice. He does. Um, for that voice. No, no. Oh, we should cover Mark Williams, who plays Mr. Weasley. Okay. Um, he is in. Harry Potter. Oh, that's right. He's in 101 Dalmatians, a live action remake, a live okay. action movie with um, Glenn, Glenn Close. Close. And I think he's one of the the dudes that kids, kidnaps all the dogs. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because um, I'm just like seeing his face right now. He also kind of looks like one of the guys in the cartoon. Very well casted. <laughs> um, I hope that's who he plays. <laughs> um, but you've guessed it, listener. A lot of British stuff. Oh, really? I'm surprised. Yeah. And then Julie Walters, who plays... Wait a second. Oh, Julie Walters plays Mrs. Weasley. Um, she is in Paddington 1 and 2 as the... the Is she like a great aunt or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. Um, Wonderful character. She yeah. is so good in, in Paddington. She's also in Mamma Mia, Brooklyn, uh, Mary Poppins. The new Sherlock one or Gnomes. Mary Poppins Returns? The um new one, the new one. Yeah. Um Mary Poppins returns, whatever. Um but yeah, looks like she also does a lot of voice acting, a lot of children's stuff. She's in Brave as well. Okay. Great lady. Um to confirm, Mr. Weasley is one of the the bandits. Horace is cool. his name. So cool, all right, let's jump into the plot. Hey. Yeah. yeah, I'm done. So the movie begins. We see Warner Brothers logo. No, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, we do, but how does it actually begin? What's like the first sequence? We're just at the Dursley's house, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's going to be people coming over. But people coming over that um, it's really important to Mr. Dursley because they're like business people. It's a, a married couple and he needs to make a really good impression on them. Yeah. And he's like ready. Like I have my whole golf story ready for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Harry, what are you going to do the whole time? And he's like, I'm just going to be quietly quiet in my room. Yeah. And I think at one point too, they're even like, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be so ungrateful we give you Dud- we gave you dudley's extra room yeah and it's like ooh yuck um so pretty much harry oh is- they say extra room yeah so something the, like that the implication is that but when he was living under the staircase there was an extra room oh yeah. my gosh that makes it so yeah, much worse yeah but of course worse. it's like he's tall he's bigger now so he can't live under there oh you know it's just yeah <laughs> it's even gross. worse than i thought so um yeah harry harry's confined to his room for the evening as this little get together is going on that's really important to him and as he's in his room um he he is visited by uh, an elf a house, a house elf, elf named and dobby this is dobby mm-hmm. and i gotta say 
Dobby holds up. Uh, he looks good. And, uh, you know, Jordan and I watch um, VFX artists react on Corridor Crew and on YouTube. One of the main things is, like, is lighting. Yeah. And when the lighting is off, you're always going to tell that, like, something looks CG. But because the lighting's so good in this scene, it looks like he's in the room. It really does. And they cast the shadows on him. And there are even parts where it's one take and he's moving about the room and the shadows are changing. And I guess to me, watching the movie and going, this is almost 20 years old. This is one of just a handful of fully CG characters that have been made in film. Mm -hmm. He looks incredible. Yeah, he looks really good. I don't think he looks quite as good as Smeagol in The Two Towers. Yeah. But it's it's you could make the argument probably. And you know why he one reason why he looks so good besides the lighting and the shading? But because yeah. those are so well done... Um, all of his wrinkles make him look better. Same with Smeagol. That's yeah, why Smeagol yeah. looks so good. Gollum. Yeah. But um, th imagine if like these elves were just like cute and like uh, very very young looking. Uh -huh. um, it would be much harder to animate because you. True. It would be. I think they talk about it in um, Quarter Crew. Where like having imperfections help. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it makes them feel more real. So the fact that this is like a a house elf that's hundreds of years old and it's just this old like wrinkly he's hundreds i'm pretty sure because oh, cool. well because he's been in the in the malfoy family for generations oh and generations and generations that's cool and so you so basically he's there and he's telling harry that he he must not go back to hogwarts and yeah, harry's yeah. pretty much of course harry's like who are you what's going on and he's just like, I'm just here to tell you that you are not to go back to Hogwarts. You you will be in grave danger if you do. And Harry's like, that's the only place I have. You can't tell me I can't go there. Plus, why would you be telling me this? Yeah. And he's like, are you sure you really want to go back, even though your friends haven't been writing you all summer? And Harry's like, well, they're probably... Wait, how do you know that they haven't been writing me? Yeah. And then you find out that Dobby has been, has been stealing all of Ron and Hermione's letters all summer. To try to get Harry not to want to go back. Yeah. So you're like, what is going on? Like, this elf is really annoying at this point. I remember as a kid thinking, like, not not annoying in a bad way. Just, like, you're really annoying and you're doing a bad thing. Yeah. Stop being annoying and bad and just go away. And, of course, throughout all of this, he's being very loud. And, um... um and Dursley, Mr. Dursley's, Mr. Dursley's like, what's, like, going, what's on? going on? Yeah. And he's like, fix that cabinet. And, um... Because when, when Dobby's doing something he shouldn't be doing, and when house elves go against their masters, they um, abuse themselves. Which, which is, a, is a really... I like... The idea is really awesome. I feel like even watching it now, I'm like, this seems like a little too much for a a, a kid's movie. It feels like but something you would cool. read in an old fairy tale book. Yeah. Because of, obviously you can tell, too, he does that because he's abused by his masters. Yeah. Therefore, he, that's his only way to know. Like, that's the only fitting punishment is uh, physical pain. Yeah. To him. And and I don't mean. I just want to clarify. I I don't mean that it shouldn't have been in the movie or story. Yeah. It's just one of those things where I'm like, whoa. Well, it's just yeah. And of course, if you read the books, which I think I think it's in four or five. I think five. They really dive deep into house elves because okay. that they are the ones that make all the food for the children. Oh, okay. Um. And Hermione finds out that they're they're they have like basically no rights. Oh, and sure. So it's it's a lot of character development for her to under to see that later on she will like go into professions that take care of animals. Um, and I gotta take the dive. Good. I gotta but jump in. You see that like house elves are just commonly treated very poorly, 
And it's like a weird caste system. Like they're yeah. at the bottom of the rung, which is not right. And of yeah. course, if you read the books, like that's not what she's preaching because of Hermione's character fighting for them, obviously. Well, and, and I like um, good, good writing, I think, um, that like this house elf is talking to Harry Potter and he's, he's like kind of cute and cool looking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But they don't go what would maybe be a natural route, which would be like, oh, hey, you're my friend. Let's be buds. Yeah. Ron's like, dude, Harry, you Harry. or uh, Harry's like, you're sucking right now. Like, yeah. let me do my thing. And he and he's like just trying to get him away. Yeah. And then their relationship will slowly develop, which yeah. is very cool. I think that was um that was just that was just wise to do that because the other way is too easy. Yeah, yeah, and that that'll that's all from the book. So that's good yeah. writing on her part. Yeah. So basically, they w- their argument gets taken out into the living room where Dobby's in the living room and Harry's like silently like trying to get him to stop. Dobby le- levitates a cake and it drops it on top of the Dursleys' guest's head. Yeah. Um. So Harry is locked into locked in his room at this point. With bars on with the window. bars on the windows. That's that's the solution to all of this because of course it's Harry's fault. Um, yeah. And of course, Dobby did it because he's like, if I do this, you will get so in trouble that you won't be let, like they won't let you go to Hogwarts. And it works because the Dursleys yeah. are like, you're never going back to that school. Also, one another cool effect thing that they did with Dobby is he snaps his fingers and to disappear. disappear. But not only that, uh, there's a spark that comes off of his fingers and there's like a puff of smoke from his fingers. And he floats, he like disintegrates. Away. Yeah, and I, I'm like, that is such a cool touch that makes it cooler than him just disappearing. Yeah, Like a, nice. a spark and a... and a fl- uh, Like you see the magic. Way cool, yeah, way cool. It's great. So Harry's confined to his room and pretty pretty immediately the Weasel, Ron, Fred, and George come and save him in their car, their flying car. Yeah. Pull the bars off the window. Dursley's trying to wrangle Harry back inside. Doesn't work. Harry goes with them, even with his trunk. He got it in time with Hedwig. Yeah. Um, And this is, next we meet the Weasleys. Yes. Like the Weasley family. Um, we've met Fred and George and Jenny briefly in the first movie, but mm-hmm. um, spent a little more time with them in this movie. We also see Percy a little bit more, who is the Gryffindor prefect. Um, who's a real B in the books at, at, later on, mm-hmm. which I told Micah, but I didn't, I said the word, um, <gasps> cause he is so <gasps> annoying in the books. Um, but in an understandable way, well written. Yeah. But, um, more, most importantly, we meet, um, Mr. And Mrs. Weasley. Yeah. Um, and as we said, great, great actors. It's, it's great. You, they look like they're very well represented as parents, who are parents of six children, not just six children, five boys. Yeah. Um, their house is one of the coolest sets in the whole movie, I think. And it's very we, cool. We really explore it later on in movies, too. They mm-hmm. stay there longer. Um, but you see some really cool practical effects, like the w- the dishes being washed. Yeah, I think magic. they just paint out like the machines that are making them totally. washed. It looks so cool. Very cool. Um, I love that the house is very tall. Yeah. It's like, it's like very, it's small rooms, tall house. Yeah. Um, and like by tall, like several stories. And I also love that they just live in the middle of a field and it doesn't look like they live by anyone. Yeah. Very cool. And it makes you wonder like, where do magical people live? Yeah. (laughs) And like, do they have neighbors? But also it's like, if they can just appear and disappear, why would they need neighbors? They can live wherever they want. Yeah. It's just, it brings up so many cool things, avenues that your mind can go down. Um, so then we meet, we, we, you know, you find the Weasley boys get in huge trouble for taking the car because, uh, a a muggle could have seen them. Yeah. And that's very bad. Uh Um, you also see that Mr. Weasley is excited that they took the car. 
and he's yeah. kind of proud of his boys. Yeah. And you find out that he works for the Ministry of Magic. He pretty much takes care of those kinds of situations. So he's very fascinated with how muggles live. Yeah. Am I boring you? Well, I mean, we should let's get to Hogwarts, baby. I can keep talking about the specifics. Uh, so the the breakfast <laughs> they had. I'm just kidding. Okay, I just you want to talk about the pork key or the not the pork key, the um blue powder? Uh yeah, I was gonna kind of skip over it, but um They take flu powder to Diagon Alley, but Harry doesn't say it correctly and he goes to what's pretty funny. The alley. I don't know. It's like Diagon Alley or no, something like no, that. No, 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 no. It's something else. It doesn't matter. Um bad part of town. <laughs> And uh, then he meets Hagrid, and um, then they then they go and uh, uh, they. It's mi- hard not to talk about the plot specifically because it's a mystery bent to it. Yeah, things are important. Yeah, I know that's not exactly what this podcast is about, but that's yeah. why it's hard not to talk. Well, about Well, hopefully these you've things. watched the movie, so yeah. you're kind of like that's true, you know. But um, anyway, Ron and Harry have to take the car to get there in time because they they messed up and they missed the train. Yeah. And so they drive there. It's it's pretty fun. Pretty cool effects, I would say. I'd I think say the effects good. are pretty good. Yeah. Um, they even have like a shadow for the car. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple of details that I'm just like, wow, they like took the time to add those extra details. Like that part um, when they meet the spider and the spiders are all attacking the car. One of them gets his um, leg stuck in the door mm. and it's a fully CG spider. And I'm just like, what a odd detail to add like it makes it feel so much more real but it would have been so easy to just not put in the movie and that probably took so much extra time to add that detail yeah and those things are what really make effects work in my opinion is those extra like lifelike details right um and then they get to hogwarts um they crash in the tree and who's the the teacher that finds them um snape it's Snape. Yeah, yeah so because it, he's pretty much like, you guys are going to be expelled for this. And then, yeah, of course, yeah. McGonagall's like, don't be ridiculous. They're yeah. fine. They're, they are in, they're in trouble, but they're fine. Yeah. And then, you know, we got like the Mandrakes. Oh, and, and this th- is an important note. I think it's a yeah. little important. Once they're like all fine from the tree and everything and they're like getting all the stuff out of the car or like it it, it evacuates all the things out of the car. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, cool Which effect. is very cool. Um, Harry's like, oh, scabbers. And his rat was okay. <laughs> yeah. That will be important in the next one. And I, I really like how... Um, I think it's really fun in this movie that the car kind of has its own mind and keeps coming in and out of the story like two or three other times. Yeah. Um, just it's kind of like a duex duex machina. But it's one that's like works for me. Well, I I don't think a duex machina is always bad. Yeah. Um, because it, it saves them, but they have shown it within the story. It's, it's not just a random occurrence. Yeah. It's that's it's, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think it's earned. But it's also just fun that you're like, this car just kind of does what it wants. That's yeah. that's a fun idea. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then they're in the Mandrake class with yeah. this new teacher who's cool. And there are these like root animals that they pull up need to remember what out name of. Is. I'm look it up. Okay, they pull up out of the ground and they scream. And if you don't have hearing protection, you'll die from their screams. And what's funny? A funny touch is Neville's um, earmuffs were not on all the way, and he passed out. Yeah, and and what we have? So we have. Um, I wonder if there's more that I haven't noticed. But you have uh, ear ear stuff, and then you have eye stuff with the basilisk. So you're dealing yeah. with like senses and like vulnerability. Oh, in that's your senses. an interesting point. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. And Professor Sprout. Professor. <laughs> cool. Um, Miriam Markle. Oh, yes. Whatever. 
Oh, I think she's in Mulan. Oh. Like Mulan, not the new one. Oh, okay. Anyway. But um wanna point out that these mandrakes are real. And that is kind of mind blowing. They are real. There are several. There are all a the kids bunch. are ha- all the kids have one. And you can tell they're real because um uh Malfoy. Malfoy puts his finger in one of them's mouth and it bites him. And it's so wild because it, it's just something that for 2002 CG, we would have been able to tell yeah. if that was CG. Yeah. Today, they probably could have gotten away with it. But even still, it's like so textural mm-hmm. that it, it's not smooth or anything. I mean, it's real. Mm-hmm. And these things are so cool. Right there, it's just like, oh, baby, take yeah. me away. And throughout this movie, there are so many real effects and they make me so nervous about watching Fantastic Beasts because I love that's like my favorite part Where of the, the universe charm? is like for me it's not necessarily I mean I like the characters I like the story but really for me what does it is seeing all this fun cool stuff that's real yeah um, and I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not okay but what's interesting is as the movies go on I would say that a lot of the f- special effects become more and more and more CGI. But yeah. ha- however, because time is advancing, like it's all looking fine. It's all being, it's all going ahead at a good rate. Yeah. Nothing's too ridiculous. Still. No, no. And I think that a lot of that, or I'm just curious if a decision was made for that part of it is a lot of the stuff's on a grander scale mm-hmm. at that point, but also the, the story is much more developed and much more important than showing this world that's already been established. Yeah. That's what I think. Cool. About. That's a good point. Um, so they're doing all that. Um, and then w- there's like the threat of the chamber of secrets being opened mm-hmm. and, um, there's like, it's written in blood mm-hmm. and everyone's there's getting really to- scared. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain like the, the plot of the chamber of secrets? So they do in a class, Hermione asks professor McGonagall what, what the chamber of secrets are. And she, she, this is when she goes into the history of all the people who created Hogwarts, one of them being Salazar Slytherin. And it's believed that at one point he thought that only pure bloods should be admitted to the school. And of course the other um, three people founders were like, that's not right. Yeah. So they parted way, like he parted ways with them and it's believed that he created it. Um, and there is an heir to heir to like the heir to Slytherin, is the one who opened it or the one who has the rights to it. Uh-huh. And the, a lot of the movie is trying to figure out who is the heir to that. Mm-hmm. And of course they think it's Malfoy. Yeah. And, yeah, that's right. And it that's is important right. early on in the movie, in Diagon Alley, when we meet Gilderoy Lockhart in a bookstore that Lucius had put, dropped a book into Ginny Weasley's bag. Yes. We didn't, we touched, did not touch on that, but yeah. Um, so that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, the first creature to be petrified is um the cat uh, the cat yeah the um groundskeeper oh what's cat? her name oh i said it in the last movie i'm totally forgetting yeah. but a filch's cat filch's. this is norris oh he's not groundskeeper willie from the simpsons no ah, i do always think of for some, every time i see him i'm just like groundskeeper willie the simpsons yeah, he's, he's great because of course the who's to discover the cat but harry hermione and ron yeah so they're and he's in, like you guys are gonna be killed for this yeah he's and then like of course, threatening them yeah and, and dumbledore's like the cat is only petrified it yeah. can be brought back with the mandrake root yeah but they need the the mandrakes to mature in order for it yes to yeah so 
Um, and then is it the Quidditch match next? There's the big Quidditch match. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I let's just talk about that. Okay. The effects, one year's difference. The Quidditch match looks so oh, much Drake better. Oh, Draco's on the team. It's That's crazy. a huge deal. Yeah, and he's on the team now. And it's a huge deal, too, that Ron broke his wand and all the chaos of getting to school. Yeah. Um, I know what's funny about the these movies um, and stories is it really is like a story about the details. It is um, because as we're plowing through, you know, if you listen to our Mad Max episodes, you can, you know, it's like you it's can story driven. It, it is, but it's not in the same. I mean, it's not detail driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the details are like fun extras, but with Harry Potter. Um, it is very much like, oh, you need to know that this wand belonged to this person and mm. that person is this person's dad. And mm. they did, you know, you have to retain so much information. And a lot of it not only affects the story, but it, it it's like character development. A yeah. lot of it too, which is, I think, part of the reason why people like the story so much is uh, because of character development. Yeah. Um. So um, this is, is another thing that we kind of skipped over too, but we, we, when Ron uses his wand on Draco, he starts spitting out slugs because he does yeah. eat slugs to him. So he starts like puking up slugs. Um, and he does that because Draco called Hermione a mudblood. Yeah. And then we, we learn what that means. And that means someone who's a half, like, half a, a, like, like basically muggle born or just not a pure blood more than anything, not a pure blood, which it's, that's like, I mean, honestly, it's like the N word for wizards. It's yeah. like a terrible yeah. word to yeah. use. Um, and and that's yeah. that brings up the whole like like Slytherin the original house the the founders of Hogwarts the the guy from Slytherin was like I want this to be only full magic people mm-hmm. and that's why he left the school and then that's apparently why he built the Chamber of Secrets to have the heir who would kill the mu- the Muggles right right yeah pretty much or mudbloods um, mudbloods mud yeah. but but yeah because Muggles are non magic people that's right, that's um, right. but I'm, yeah I'm figuring it out I'm figuring it out it's just one of those interesting are you proud things of me, Jordan? to or <laughs> like. So, you know, that's a lot of Voldemort's thing. It's it's absolute power, but he's also a pure blood dude. Like uh-huh. that's what he's going for as well. And he is not a pure blood. Yeah. Um his his mom uh fell in love with a man just a muggle. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just to me it reminds me of World War II and Hitler. Yeah, being he was he, Jewish. He was right? Jewish or he he had, had Jewish Jewish blood. Jewish ancestry. Yeah. Um and he's trying to purge the Jews. So it's yeah. it's a interesting parallel, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um that is kind of carries throughout this series but especially in this this um movie but but when when harry's in the quidditch match yeah the the quidditch one of the quidditch equipment things is like attacking him yes and they're finally able to stop it um and he breaks his arm Mm -hmm. and it this is just so funny as gilderoy lockhart's like let me fix it and harry's like please no because he's already on to this guy oh because there was that earlier scene with the pixies yeah and those pixies are flying around. So you're seeing that he's and a the CG is crazy on those pixies. I'd say that's the worst scene in terms of effects, but it does look pretty good. I think they good. look cool because they did the smart thing that movies sometimes don't do anymore. Like Gollum, like Dobby, they're okay with letting the pixies look cartoony. Oh, yeah. That part's and fine. I think they're really fun. But this was kind of like the birds a little bit of a situation. Oh yeah. Where they're like flailing around and yeah. not interacting with real and the, stuff. The kids are just w- swinging books around. And that's really just the only thing it looks like. Doesn't yeah, really yeah. look like they're hitting anyone. Um, I just think that they're, the pixies are like gremlins and they're yeah. kind of fun. No, they're cool. I think they're cool. But, but, that's, but Gilderoy that's, does the spell yeah. and it hits his arm and it gets rid of his bones. Yeah. And I'm not sure how they did that either. Cause it looked, re- it, he, they his had arm a, was just tucked into his cloak. 
Yeah, and they had like a fake arm yeah. that is wiggling around, not CG. No. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. And then he has to grow back his bones, which is apparently like very, very painful. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah, really good. Um, but then what happens after that? Well, um, is that when Colin Creevy is petrified, the kid with the camera? I think so. Because I think that's when Harry is in the hospital wing and they bring in him. Oh, oh, but that's so Harry's in the hospital wing and Dobby comes back. Yeah. To tell him, why are you here? I told you not to come here. And he was like, why are you here? Well, you not to come here. Pretty much. And I think that's when he is that when he finds out Malfoy is his master. Oh, because, yeah, he keeps hurting himself, and he's like, why do you keep doing that? And he's like, if I do anything to betray my master, I must punish myself. Yeah. Um, But at this, it's been a couple of days since we watched the movie, so I can't remember what specific anecdote or little nugget mm-hmm. of information he gave to Harry. Um, But that's when the kid gets brought in with the camera, and he's petrified, and it's becoming more and more like, maybe we need to shut down the school, because now it's student has been harmed yeah um and then we're learning like we learn about moaning myrtle and that she died mysteriously people don't aren't really sure why there's girls don't go into that bathroom because she's terribly annoying yeah and and you know, boy is she ever terribly annoying yeah very, she makes very up good. for it because she's babu frick but ugh. but she does good acting because that's how you're supposed to but feel the high-pitched stuff is just too much yeah. um <laughs> And the reason they go in there is because they're making a polyjuice potion to turn into crab and goyle and another Slytherin girl to extract information from Malfoy about the heir of Slytherin. That's like something a detective would do using a disguise. Mm-hmm. This is a noir movie. So we're going to fast track to that scene. One thing I got to say, though, about me personally, if you have noticed a pattern, because if you listen to our Iron Man 3 episode, I'm going off about this as well. When a movie takes the noir formula and adds it to a different... Um, Genre. Genre besides mystery. I 100% of the time absolutely fall head over heels for that. I love that idea so much. And every time it's in something else, I'm just like, did you see that that was like a noir thing? That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So um, if you're like, oh, shut up about the noir thing. Too late. It's one of my favorite things that people do. Well, that's why you love this movie so much. I know. That's why it's, I don't know if I can, it can be beat because I just love the whodunit of like, who's petrifying who? And yeah. then there's, it's coupled pretty perfectly with just this fantasy element. Yeah. And you're seeing a whodunit in a fantasy world. Yeah. And, and it's even in a house, like a, like a knives out situation. It's like, I'm unsafe in this house. Like who is mm-hmm. doing this? It's so cool. Yeah. I love great. that about this movie. Yeah. And the practical effects. There's just so much. There's so much. I mean, there's a phoenix in this movie, folks, that is a real practical phoenix, like like animatronic. puppet animatronic effect. And I just want that in my apartment. That thing <laughs> is so cool. Yeah. And, the, and, and that scene at the end when it cries, practical. Yeah. Forget about it. Come on. You just don't see that in movies anymore. Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. I think we're going to get a resurgence in the next five years, though. I think so, too. And we are still getting it with Star Wars. But when, yeah, when Dark Crystal came out on Netflix, I think studios are going to start paying attention to that. Yeah. Anyway. So, Harry, Ron, Hermione take Polyjuice Potion, but unfortunately, Hermione had a cat hair, not the girl's hair, and she turns into a cat. And she's allergic to cats. Did she say that? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Um, Just a crazy, needless detail that might be in the series. Really cool. I mean, costume that they created for her that you maybe see for two seconds. Yeah. Um, so Harry and Ron have to go alone and they're talking to Malfoy as Crab and Goyle. 
and they're like, who do you think it is? And they're like, we were just talking about this. And they're thinking that, um, wait, who do they think? Oh, does that when they learn about Tom Riddle? No, 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 no. This movie is so, there's, this is a long movie. There's so much stuff that happens in it. It is 241. Yeah. And what's crazy is this is a kid's movie. What's even crazier is it really doesn't feel like no, not at all. I think this movie feels shorter than Philosopher's Stone. But when you're Stone. trying to tell some, like when you're trying to talk about it, it's like, did that happen this time or this time? Did oh, they learn yeah. the information from this person or this person? So because I can't quite remember right now, they do it. They get information from Malfoy. They come back. And they turn back into Ron and Harry. Yeah. Um, and then eventually Hermione gets petrified, and she yeah. was found holding a mirror. And now. Then, if I can jump yeah. in flashback to our episode of guardians of the galaxy two. And you'll remember me talking about how in a lot of great sequels, what do you do? You break up the team yeah. and you have them go on separate adventures. Yeah. And this movie, it doesn't quite like make them separate adventures, but the fact that they take Hermione out of the equation means you can't rely on her magic and stuff. So Ron and Harry have to really figure things out which is really cool. You see a new dynamic to their relationship, so you're not bored with the fact that you're just seeing the same experience that you saw last time. Totally. Really smart, JK. Love that you did that. Yeah. But I do, I'm hoping... Do I don't, you... The next movie, Hermione, like, is kind of leading the pack again, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you remember how Harry got the book? Because I can't at this moment. Um, He never... He gets the book in the Chamber of Secrets. Cause, um, no, no, no. He had the book before because he was the book took him into the book to get, show him memories. Oh yeah, which was cool. I think the book was mysteriously given to him. I did well, whatever. I just can't remember right now. But and I can't remember at this moment because at one point he goes to Dumbledore's office and he sees the Phoenix and Harry also asks the Hat like, "Should I be in Slytherin?" Yeah, and then because he's thinking he's the heir. Yeah, um, and I can't quite remember what Dumbledore tells him. For some reason. I can't either. But if someone tells him, follow the spiders, and it could have been Dumbledore. Oh, no, no, that's Hagrid. Okay, I thought that was Hagrid. Because he goes to Hagrid's, and that, because in in the vision of the book. So that happened before the forest. Yes, in the vision of the book, um, he sees Tom Riddle talking to Hagrid, and he's like, you can't let this creature out, which they they think. They think that it's the basilisk. They think that, yeah, but it turns out that it's this spider that he was just, like, friends with, Mm -hmm. that he wasn't supposed to have, but it's, like, just this spider that lives in the forest and because he had it and he became a suspect of the chamber of secrets haggard he was expelled from hogwarts and sent to azkaban well not for that not when he was a kid oh i thought you're talking about in the no but no, so, so he was expelled simple as that and then of course dumbledore like knowing everything was like of course i trust you and believe you yeah and you will get to be the groundskeeper um so then yeah in the present Ron and Harry go to Hagrid's and they have to use the cloak of invisibility because the minister shows up, Lucius shows up and Lucius gives Dumbledore's papers saying that you cannot be the um, superintendent of the school anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, and then Hagrid is also the principal. Being the, sure. Yeah. He runs the school. I think um, they call the headmaster. headmaster. That's what they call him. Yeah. Um, and then Hagrid is taken to Azkaban because he was a suspect once and they're just like, we have to cover our bases. Yeah. Sorry, you're coming with us. And that's when Hagrid says, follow the spiders. Yeah, because he can't explain the story now. So they go in and they follow the spiders. And when they're there, this spider comes out and it's huge. And, and it's practical. And, and baby, it's practical. And his name's Aragog. It, it is so cool. I love the spider. In terms of where we're at on the movie, I'm thinking Aragog, the mm-hmm. name? 
Aragog, I think, has got to be the coolest effect, right? It's yeah. like Aragog, the practical basilisks, the mandrake, the phoenix. Yeah. I want all of those things. I want to see them in real life and touch them. They're so and We probably cool. saw a mandrake at Warner Brothers. We probably did, but I didn't I hadn't seen uh, uh, a Harry Potter yet. So now I yeah. got to go to Warner Brothers again. Yeah. Because Aragog is so cool. Yeah. I just love it. And he's great too because it's, he's such an interesting, mysterious character yeah. because the kids go there and they learn information. They're like, okay, thanks. See ya. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. I cannot deny my children a meal that comes in so willingly. Yeah. So they have to fight their way out of the forest two second years um, with a one with a broken wand. Yeah. Um, and of course that's when the duex machina moment happens and the car shows up yeah. and they make their way out. Just a really cool scene. I love that it was si similar to the last movie when they see the unicorn because it, everything was so dark and then it was all like basically lighted by moonlight. Like that was the light source. Mm -hmm. The, they got, a, I think they got a, a way they, I feel like they were able to cut a lot of corners Yeah, because it was so dark. They didn't have to do a lot of detail on the spiders. Yeah. So, and and I think because you see this huge spider and it's real, your brain is like, oh, these are all real. Like yeah. like you just kind of fill in the blanks. But man, Aragog is so. I remember the real cool. spider that latches onto Ron in the car. Yeah, it like smashes the window and mm -hmm. like yeah grabs him, and that one's real too. Yeah, and this I'm like turning to I'm like hitting Jordan because she's on Procreate, making cool art, and she's seen him a thousand times, so that's fine. But I'm hitting her and I'm like, Thanks are you throwing me under the bus? No, I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. I was trying to throw you in the dark forest to get eaten by spiders. Okay. I'm smacking <laughs> you and I'm like, are you seeing this? This is crazy. Because it's finally clicking for me. Like, yeah. dang, this is a cool series. I'm into this. Yeah. And then they open the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> yeah. they. they well, we, you know what we didn't talk about is that uh, Malfoy and Harry have like a wand off, uh, like a duel. Mm -hmm. the, and the and Harry speaks wow. to this snake in parcel tongue so everyone's like he's the heir he's a bad dude and it looks like he was getting it to attack someone but when he was actually getting it to not attack a kid yeah nice touch man um, and gilderoy sure gilderoy tries to fight snape and he Hilarious. just totally loses great but i just makes i love how committed scored. to this performance kenneth brana is and snape or Alan oh, Rickman. Of that goes yeah. without saying um right. literally i didn't but, say it <laughs> but um but so they get out, they're fine, and then I think that's when Harry finds the note that has been in Hermione's hand this whole time. Yeah. Because he was visiting her. Convenient and, much? Well. No, it's um, fine. I don't care. And Yeah. Wouldn't um, that be a stupid thing to point out in a series like, I don't know, like a Cinema Sins or something? I'm sure they do. Um. Uh, yeah, so then they get the note that has notes. <laughs> they get the note that has notes on it. So Hermione had been researching this whole thing. She finds out that what it is is a basilisk. And they're like, how has it been, how's it been getting around the school? She wrote pipes. Mm, and then she wait a second. also wrote, she, she wrote something else about where the, the, ent the entrance is. Yeah. Um, it's in the bathroom. Right. And the, no, no, the they figure it out because they're like, where right, do the pipes do. start? They go there. That's right. And then he takes Gilderoy Lockhart with him, him and Ron and Gilderoy. Yeah. And he speaks partial well, tongue. This is it important. opens the chamber. So more things have been written in blood, which is about Ginny being taken. That's right. And she will die. That's right. And ironic, the ironic part about that is Ginny is a pure blood. I think that's funny. Not funny. Oh. Just interesting. Yeah. Um, and then Gilderoy's like, or pretty much Snape's like, Gilderoy, you do it. 
you've been talking forever about how you just can't wait to, to defeat this thing. So then Goldor is like, sure, fine. And he goes to this office and he's packing up to leave. Yeah. And Ron and Harry, Harry and Ron are like, well, you're supposed to be one of the greatest wizards ever. And he's like, he, he says something. I love the way that he says it. It's just something along the lines of like, haven't you ever heard of exaggeration? Yeah, but the, I love the line. The oh, line yeah, it's, is so good. It's better than that. But um, yeah, so he's like, I, I steal people's stories. I'm a fake. Yeah. I, but I'm really good at memory spells. So he's like, I'm going to erase yours. And then they're like, no, dude. Yeah. They threaten him. They take him. They get into the Chamber of Secrets. Mm -hmm. They go down there. There is, once again, freaking practical snake skin that is laying around that's huge crazy really scary don't want to look at it but yeah. can't stop looking yeah. at it if you know what i mean yeah gilderoy gets his he ron's grabs ron's wand. wand ron's broken wand ron's wand uh and he tries to do a spell but it's broken it backfires and he forgets everything that he's ever mm -hmm. done mm -hmm. he doesn't even know who he is nope um which means the the spell made some rocks fall so now it's harry is alone going to the chamber of secrets that's right yeah um, so he he gets there alone and he sees tom riddle he meets tom riddle and yes. jenny is passed out on the ground Dying. and yeah and harry's like jenny wake up and tom riddle's pretty much like there's nothing you can do for her yes and he's like can't you help me because at this point he doesn't know that tom's bad yeah and then tom riddle's like don't you or he's like says something about voldemort and he's like voldemort is after your time or before uh -huh. your time, I don't remember. And he's like, Voldemort is, was, and is, will be, will be my time. Yeah. Something and like then, that. and then he he unscrambles his name, and it says, "I am Lord Voldemort." Yes, which is one Lord of those Voldemort. funny moments that's like pretty goofy. Yeah. But I think as a kid reading the story, watching the movie, it's like it's such a memento into the movie or like Inception moment where yeah. you're just like what yeah that spells i'm lord and Voldemort. i gotta say the so later in the half-blood prince there are several flashbacks of of tom riddle uh -huh. with a certain professor uh -huh. and i gotta say that like this guy is really good i think in chamber of secrets but this other kid, and I think it was cool because I think they both got him at, at different enough age ranges that it's not like, huh, who's this guy? Oh, okay. But that kid is so good. Okay. Later on. I don't know why I'm bringing it up right now. But it's just like, that's this guy's really good, but they actually got someone better. Yeah. But for very small amount of scenes. Yeah. And this guy's not in him very much, and I feel like he does very well, too. Um, so then, pretty much Voldemort's like, the basilisk's going to oh, come yeah. and kill you. There's nothing you can do. Basilisk comes out. And you're like, this thing looks pretty cool. I like the design, kind of dragon-esque. And you first noticed, you were like, look at the water. I don't know how they did this, because there's a CG part, and it goes through water, and the ripples are all natural. So they must have had like some sort of boatish device or something that they skidded across the water and then did the effects over it. Yeah, they had it, to. Because it was not like a simulated water. Yeah, they no. didn't have that technology back then. No. Crazy. And then they do the thing that they do in the first Jurassic Park movie where it's like, okay, if we angle the shot certain ways, we can build a full-size head mm -hmm. that, like, pokes its head down. And then when it's a full body, we'll do CGI. Mm -hmm. But they do that, and there are these shots where it's just the guys, the the guys, the, the basilisk's head, and it is a real head. And it's scary. And it's 
horrifying. Yeah, and I you're love like it. thinking there is Cherry is no Cherry, I said. Harry is no <laughs> match for this basilisk. But quickly the, the phoenix, phoenix flies comes down and pecks gouges its eyes it. out. Yeah. So, so now he doesn't have to worry about looking at it. Sorry, I cut you no, off no, so much. Fine. I'm just so excited because I love the basilisk. It's so cool. And guess what? No one else is allowed to look at it, but you sure as hell can look at that thing because you ain't going to freeze. You're going to love it. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> Should I cut that? Um, no, no, it's fine. I just didn't know where you were going. Um, the important thing about it gouging out its eyes means that it cannot kill Harry. Yeah. With its eyes. It has to bite it. It has to just swallow him up. Yeah. Um. So he's blinded, going through some t- some pipes, and Harry's trying to evade it. I just love how it's this big, epic reveal of what it is. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes very small, and there are pipes, and it's very quiet. And I can't remember right now, but I feel like there was little to no music. Yeah. Um. And then they go back out into the big chamber, and Harry is... It's just like, there's nothing you can do. There's no way you can fight this thing off. He's not strong enough. A sword appears in the sorting well, the, hat the that the phoenix, phoenix comes- dropped off. Yep. Okay. So he gets the sword of Gryffindor, which is awesome. It's like Gryffindor versus Slytherins, like well, the yeah, sword. But versus the, the sword snake. is only given to someone if they're worthy of it. Oh, cool. Which is kind of like a sword in the stone later sort of on thing as well. What? Like sword in the stone, kind of. Pretty much. This is all kind well, of it's, fairy it's tale an based. Interesting thing too, because this whole time you're like, Harry might be the heir to Slytherin. Yeah. And then you're, but then he gets the sword, and you're like, no, he he is Gryffindor because he yeah, got yeah. the sword because he was worthy of it. Um, and then he kills the basilisk. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Lo- and lot part of, of just the really impressive stuff goes into Harry's arm, and it's poisonous, so Harry's gonna die. But he takes out the thing and he smashes it, stabs the book, Tom yeah, Riddle's and book, it's bleeding like this black blood, yeah. which you're just kind of. That's another moment like the. Um, I don't even remember, but earlier in the podcast, I said something. Oh, like Dobby being abusive, where you're like, this isn't a kid's movie. There's yeah. like black blood pour, pouring out of this thing. You know what I like, thing. too, with this is, so Tom Riddle's there the whole time, but he's not, basically, he is sucking Jenny's life force out so mm-hmm. that he can Be become. powerful. Yeah, so what's cool is, like, in a lot of movies, I feel like there would be this epic battle scene with a basilisk, and then it'd be over in Harry 1, and it's like, cool and then tom riddle's like i'm a little powerful enough to fight you yeah. but no he's just on the sidelines because he still can't do anything so well, when that's Harry... the thing they did in philosopher's stone that i really liked yeah. where it was just like no it's taken care of we don't have to have the like oh i thought he was victorious he's not victorious now he's victorious now he's not you just get now so he's victorious yeah so when he stabs the book it's just like tom riddle can't stop him yeah. He just does it. And that's that. And then Jenny wakes up because of it, and the phoenix come and blink some teardrops onto Harry's arm. And it's practical. Yeah. And then they get back out. By that time, all the petrified people are unpetrified. And they and have that's when really... it does the needle drop of the celebrate no. good times. But it's come really on. great because Ron and Hermione are re- Ron, Hermione, and Harry are reunited. And you know, she's like, "You guys figured it out. That's so great." And they're like, "We couldn't have. We wouldn't have gotten close without you." Yeah, and friendship. It's, it's very nice. And moment. even you're just like, "That's really sweet." But then it gets even sweeter because they're in the the hall where they eat i still am blanking on the name of what you yeah. would call that um the great hall it's probably, probably that's actually what it's called um so it's where it's the you know the end of the school year 
and all the kids are there and they're like, everyone's fine. But then the doors swing open and you see Hagrid and he's back. This almost got me to well up. Right. I was close to welling up. Yeah. Yeah, because Ron and Hermione, they all look at him and they're all beaming. And he walks up to Harry and he's like, I guess I got I, I owe you a thank you. Yeah, because he's like, I would have been stuck in prison if it weren't for you guys. Yeah, and then and they like, just That's hug so him. Cool. And it's just That's so, so sweet. sweet. And, and Dumbledore stands up and starts clapping and everyone starts clapping. And then he's like, S- all exams are canceled. Which is, <laughs> that moment is such a... That, cathartic that moment as a kid you're that just like cry. could you imagine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where all exams are canceled how that was always the dream yeah. that like something when you were a kid would happen that would prevent the ex- your like tests or whatever and it would be ever they'd just be like sorry we just can't do it so next year you just move to the next grade yeah and that's it and you're like oh thank god <laughs> i was really failing potions <laughs> <laughs> neville was probably like oh <laughs> Little and Neville. um and then then there's the last sequence where um Dumbledore and Harry are catching up. Dumbledore's doing his awesome wisdom. He's being all Gandalf like. And then Jason Isaac comes in and he's like, "Boobada bar." No, he's with Dumbledore. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said Hagrid. You probably um, said Dumbledore. Well, I'll find out well, when I edit. Well, actually, that's an important scene because um Harry Harry's just like, you know, like my scar no, has been hurting a lot. Scene. Well, you were skipping over it. No, no um, I wasn't skipping. But over pretty it. much he's the, Harry has some questions about himself, about how he's been feeling this whole time. Yeah. And and Dumbledore's like, "Well, think about it. Like it seems as though someone who tried killing you and someone sacrificed themselves seems like his some of his power on that night has transferred into you." Mm. And that's why some of the like parcel tongue works for him. And maybe some other suspicious things work mm. for him. And then Lucius... A literary trick known as foreshadowing. Yes. And then Lucius barges in and is like, blah, blah, blah. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then Harry's like, hey, you forgot your book. Yeah. And he's like, is it, is it the remnants of the it is. of the book? And, and he's then, like, what are you talking about? And And Harry had slipped his sock into the book and he hands it to him. Well, and, Lucius hands it to Dobby. No, no, oh. no. Harry hands it to him, and then he goes away, and he's all mad. And then Harry comes out, or, 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 um, uh, Jason Isaacs turns and he says something like, um, "You better next time there won't be a phoenix to save you," or something like that. Something about killing know. him. And then I guess Daniel Ratcliffe improvised this really great line where he's like, "Next time I'll beat you," or he says something. There's some oh, like that was big improvised? line. That he says that was improvised. Uh, keep talking about the scene and I'll look it up. Okay. So um, Lucius turns to walk out and he he hands the book to Dobby. And Dobby looks at Harry and Harry says, open the book. And there is a sock in the book. And Dobby says, Master has given Dobby a sock. Dobby's a free elf. And Lucius is like, how could this happen? And then you see that Harry had taken off his sock and put it in the book. And Dobby is now free. And Lucius gets so mad. And I don't know if you looked this up, Micah, but Lucius starts saying Avada, which is the beginning of Avada Kedavra, which would kill Harry. It's the killing curse. Mm. But Dobby, of course, snaps his fingers or something and gets Lucius off. Like, like he, yeah. he, he, um, he thwarts like, him yeah. and it's just like, oh my gosh, he was about to kill Harry straight up in cold blood. And I, I just don't know if you look that up, like, cause it's just like that, that curse has not been taught 
to the yeah, children yeah. until the fourth movie, and which means it has not been written about until the fourth movie. And Pretty of course, cool. I think that just goes to show like because today we were talking about like it kind of feels like maybe she didn't have that much figured out until she was going along which is how a lot of writers work but i feel like that's true for some things like some things later on she's like oh i can use the sort of gryffindor again yeah no i think it was very planned out but that's what we were talking about i think that was like she's just like very good something really good at world building so she's like probably in her free time was just like these are what spells are and these are what these ones do and this is what they're called so she's probably had that curse no like in her thought like uh, written down in notes for a long yeah. time so it's just it's so it's so cool anyway. the nice payoff so this is um something that jason isaac said he said i remember my very first day i improvised a line i had my first day probably my first shot i had to kind of flounce out of a room when dumbledore played by the late great richard harris put me in my place and there was no line written no exit line and I'd been humiliated, and my plan had come to nothing. And I said to Chris Columbus, don't you think there should be a line? And he said, well, say something. Say whatever you like. So he did another take, and I hadn't told anyone what I was going to do. And as I turned to leave, I looked at Daniel, and I said, let us hope Mr. Potter uh, let us hope Mr. Potter will always be around to save the day. Remember he says that? Oh, but then Harry says, oh, I will be. He says, don't worry, I will be. Yeah. And, he, and in this quote, he says, and then Daniel, who was all of 12, stepped right up to me, looked me right in the eye, and said, don't worry, I will be. Oh, that is a so chill cool. went down my spine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, very cool. And then, and, and then, as he goes away, he storms off. Dobby thwarts his curse. Dobby turns to Harry and is like, "How can I ever repay you?" And Harry says, "Don't ever try to save my life again." Oh, Ooh. and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So we are in the second movie of the series that shall not be named, especially. Thank you for listening to our ramblings on this one. I think this was a good one. This whole series is an onion, but this movie was its own onion as well. And next week we're doing The Prisoner of Azkaban. Where Gary Oldman, the late Gary Oldman. Not only Gary Oldman. He's not late. He's alive. What am I talking about? He's pretty much alive. Um, Lupin, which by the next movie, you'll find out what that actor's name is. Yes. Same as me. Um, love this one. This one's way better than Philosopher's Stone and maybe better than all the rest. Hmm. I'll find out. Um, I, uh, oh, oh, um, the plugs comment on our iTunes, please. Subscribe to this podcast. Um, sign up for Patreon. Mm -hmm. I have, so I have a, a sweatshirt. And a new T-shirt that are um, for the release of my album Imbalances, which is going to be released officially March thirteenth. Um, it's a Friday. There's going to be a release show. Not entirely certain on the venue. We have a couple of ideas. Um, we will be returning with that thought. Um, but uh, the the if you sign up on Patreon this January, you can get uh, well anytime. You can get a fifteen percent off of the shirt or the sweatshirt, or really anything you want to order on my website. And, um, yeah, so I wanted to plug that, and I think that's it. I would like to know who sent me Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont. I got it in the mail, and... Whoever did, that is so nice. It's yeah. like, that is so nice. It's a book on writing, right? I did not buy this book. Yeah, some instructions on writing in life. Well, do you, should we plug your short story? Or not yet. Well, I just don't know when it's coming out, but my I have a short story that has been selected or accepted by the Showbear Family oh, Circus. That's very exciting. Cool. Um, well, tune in next week. Uh, let us know how you are feeling about the series that shall not be named. Yay! And um, I challenge you 
to get one person extra to listen na, na, to this episode. Na, 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 Bye, folks. Na, 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 na.